Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And a joyful Monday out there to everybody. I'm Jeff DeForest along with Mike Luby Lubitz. It's After Hours with Defoe and Luby on the Believe Podcast Network in this post-holiday mode where uh, we often call our local show on Ion Channel. Uh, we often call that the Peel Yourself Off the Mat Monday edition. And we certainly need a standing eight count after pushing away <laughs> from the Thanksgiving Day table. I know uh, I did. Luby, uh, how are you in this fine morning? I'm doing well and I'm peeling myself off the mat, but it was a great sports weekend. How are you doing, sir? feel like I got hit by a right hand by Tommy Hearns, but uh, nonetheless, uh, it was very pleasant. And, and it couldn't have been a more festive or euphoric weekend, I would imagine, for this gentleman. I'm jealous. Always I'm really one jealous of our of favorites. Uh, as soon as I saw the way that this game was going, and um, I will I'd say that uh, I picked up a copy of the local paper uh, before online there. I think it's the Ann Arbor Citizen or something like that. And they had uh, on the very back page, there was an obituary for one Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Jeez. They were writing it. I mean, they were writing this man's epitaph before the ball game. Had never beaten Ohio State. Was going to lose again by uh, at least a zillion points because Ohio State had just uh, absolutely annihilated uh, their last couple of opponents. Uh, Michigan, always suspect, uh, an eight-point dog going into the game. And uh, we welcomed the show. And, and I thought of this man immediately. I said, uh, Luby, we, we have to get him on the program. On Monday, Mr. John U. Bacon, probably the most distinguished, well, a distinguished author on many fronts, but uh, the the greatest uh, when it comes to anything involving Wolverine football. Uh, John, uh, welcome to the show. I, I don't know how long your celebration was, but it had to be an extended Thanksgiving uh, weekend for you, especially with Michigan finally getting off the so-called Schneider against Ohio State in the Harbaugh era. Well, of course, as a journalist, I'm not allowed to do any of those things. No school colors in the press box, no cheering, etc. But I may or may not confess that after dinner, I may have retired to a friend's house and enjoyed a few cooling beverage and played the game about four times. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all for journalism. Vintage, Keep in mind, all for journalism. Big house. Just taking notes yeah. to try to break down what happened. That's all I'm doing. For sure. I mean, a big house looked like, uh, you know, Ohio State looked like a new fish on that series Oz that was on HBO uh, coming in there and uh, facing yeah, all I kinds of problems. I've got to tell you, so. uh, I've been there for 50 years. I've never seen the stadium quite like that. It was late November. It's, it was a cold day, <clears throat> snowy day, <clears throat> colder than anyone down there will ever see, of course. Um, <clears throat> and they were coming at it every play. Every play, they're loud as hell. Um, they're accused of being the quietest 100,000 you'll ever encounter, but not that day. The energy was there. <clears throat> and perhaps most surprising to me, okay, Michigan won, of course, first time in 10 years, only the third time this century. This is not a new century anymore. Uh, that's I would never bet on that 21 years ago. Uh, but it wasn't fluky. They flat out outplayed Ohio State, not only by the score, but uh, not a single tackle for loss the entire day. And Michigan's offensive line has kind of pushed them around. That I did not see happening. Everybody in the media was uh, reading uh, Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, uh, their last rights, uh, saying, uh, well, this is going to be it. 
I, I don't know that you can uh, be overwhelmingly upset with a coach who would have been 10 and two had he lost this game uh, because he lost to uh, their, their chief rival. As you said, it's been going that way since, since 2000. So uh, Ohio state has dominated the series, but uh, do you think in your opinion, John, you bacon, we've talked about this many times. Uh, I, I couldn't imagine that Jim Harbaugh at Michigan was on that level of thin ice that had he lost this ball game, it would have been over for him there. No, it would not have been over for him. Uh, look, the crowd might've been uh, pitchforks and torches after uh, six straight losses to the Buckeyes, and they got a free pass last year, and they probably would have lost, of course, at two and four going into that game. Uh, COVID knocked that one out. Um, but uh, but the AD is Ward Manuel, and at Michigan, it's the vote is one nothing, one way or the other. So, uh, gave a new contract. You know, we thought going into the season, I think the over under were seven and a half wins, and you're already at you know ten going into that game. And uh, but the problem is you lost to Michigan State, and if you lose to Ohio State on top of that. You're three and four versus the Spartans. You're zero and six versus uh, your arch rival, of course. That would not have played well. He would have been signed up for another year, but it would have been a whole lot of grumbling. Now with this, of course, this basically erases all doubt. Yeah. Uh, he'll probably get a new contract <laughs> the day after the uh, Iowa game, of course, the Big Ten title game on Saturday, a game that Michigan has to win. Um, but uh, I would say the world looked fundamentally different to Michigan fans than it did you know, about three days ago. It was great, too, because right before the ball game, as uh, Kirk uh, Herbstreet was burying uh, Harbaugh and uh, the Michigan team and giving them no chance in the game whatsoever against uh, his alma mater, of course, where we quarterbacked uh, Ohio State. Uh, it started to snow ever so lightly. Yeah, that was funny. And I immediately took that because uh, I, I was uh, getting a very generous eight points there with the Wolverines. I immediately took that as a sign from the gods of gambling. <laughs> As uh, you know, it, you had a couple of snowflakes uh, that were sticking on Herb Street's coat, and Lee Corso literally looked like something that you would ship uh, to somebody's house and put it up there as a Christmas snowman. And I thought uh, it, it's it's literally raining on their parade. So what does this mean? The skies had opened, and uh, wow, I mean, a little sketchy. But uh, <laughs> a, a couple of things. I mean, did you see that as a sound from the guys of gambling that it started to snow? And, and then uh, how much impact did that have, uh, in your opinion, John? on the actual play on the field and uh, what, what it dictated in terms of the uh, conditions uh, for the Wolverines in that game? Well, it wasn't overwhelming. People up here are used to this stuff. I would not drive in Miami, I don't think, after a light dusting. Uh, but, no, uh, no. but up here they're used to it. But, but it does slow the game down. It does. Uh, you, you're going to pass less. Uh, the speed factor is just a little bit less. Um, and what Michigan did not need to do is, is get into a track meet with uh, their three unbelievably good wide receivers at Ohio State, uh, who were that good. They are just amazing. Even in defeat, they were that good, I thought. So uh, I thought the snow helped Michigan for sure. Uh, what really helped Michigan, of course, is a strong running game that kept their defense off the field and, uh, and slowed down the Buckeyes. But uh, the biggest thing probably was the two defensive ends, uh, Aiden Hutchinson on the one side and uh, David Ojabo on the other side. They kept C.J. Stroud, a Heisman Trophy candidate, I think until this last weekend. Uh, they kept him on the run all game long. He'd never really been pressured all season because Ohio State is that good. So he was in the uncomfortable position of having to throw on the run. And uh, what do you have, like four or five sacks, I think. Uh, maybe six by the end of it. Um, just a, a crazy number for them. And uh, that's the game right there. So uh, one for the ages for Michigan, for sure. Author John U. Bacon with us here on uh... – our Believe Podcast Network, After Hours with Defoe and Luby. Uh, Luby's ready to fire one here, John. Are you ready for this? 
We'll find out. <laughs> All right. We'll see. We'll see what he's got cooked up. And by the way, uh, you mentioned snow in Miami, and uh, it certainly isn't something that falls no. from the sky. Although no, you find it every now and then, uh, you know, <laughs> you, you would see uh, various people in high-level jobs that, that had a little piece hanging from their nostrils. <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to prolific author again, like Devo said, John U. Bacon. Follow him up on Twitter. He's really fun on Twitter, at John U. Bacon. Okay, so they got the win. They get off the schneid. They beat Ohio State. But you said it. They now have to face Iowa, and it sort of feels like this game has let down written all over it. Do you see this as a one-off, or do you see this finally will lead to sustained success for Michigan? Well, the wimpy answer is we'll see because nothing else really matters yeah. other than seeing what happens next. But it had the strong sense to me, uh, and I was not around for that, but the game in 69, Bo Schimbeckler's first year in Ann Arbor, when Ohio State had not lost a game in two and a half years. They're the reigning national champs, uh, number one by far. And Michigan beat them 24 to 12. And everyone kind of knew at that point, okay, it's on. That's kind of how this felt, um, that the rivalry has, has been restored. Uh, Michigan flat out outplayed Ohio State, flat out coached him, which we haven't seen that again in eons. Um, so it has a sense of design. Furthermore, uh, the rich get richer, of course. Uh, the recruiting, everybody they wanted was in the stadium that day for recruiting. That's huge. If you're not coming to Michigan after that game, you don't like the snow, and you ain't coming anyway. So. John Eubanken with us here on After Hours with Defoe and Luby. By the way, I mean, I really believe this in my heart of hearts, and a lot of people around the country notice this also. You stole game day. Yeah. I mean, you, you were brilliant on this, uh, John Eubanken. Uh, how'd that come about? I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we know you're the go-to guy for anything about Michigan football and, uh, you know, college football in general for that matter, but uh, that, that, that uh, was some performance by you and, and uh, frequently used throughout their piece about what was going to happen on game day. Well, thank you very much for that. Uh, I've not seen it. How about that? So I hope <laughs> I was good. Um, I, I taped that a uh, year and a half ago, uh, and they used it again this time around, which is fine with me. They asked my permission. I said, no problem. Uh, so I've not seen it, uh, but I'm getting my – my phone's blowing up, so I'm glad I didn't sneeze or pick my nose on national TV. That's great. <laughs> you look great. I mean, uh, absolutely me. phenomenal. Now, uh, you know, we, we see all kinds of different things on that game day, by the way, uh, with regard to uh, tailgating and the festivities uh, at a ballpark before uh, a game takes place. And it's all part of the charm and, uh, you know, the, the inherent joy that goes along with uh, being a college football fan. Uh, what were the proceedings like outside? I mean, uh, obviously, it was not a warm day there as it started to snow, but uh, – I don't know. Were you circulating at all outside the stadium uh, before the ball game and checking out what the oh, people yeah. were doing? Uh, outside and inside, and then afterwards as well. Um, there was an energy which I really have not felt before, uh, quite like this, which is saying a lot because I've been going there my entire life. Um, and, you know, seen, seen plenty of big games. Perhaps more striking was afterwards, they would not leave. Nice. The, the screen said, um, please exit the field. Thank you. It was not working. There were thousands, you know, tens of thousands on the field. They weren't going anywhere. Um, I, of course, went to the press conference afterwards and then saw a bunch of friends on the way out of the parking lot toward my car. It took me two hours to get to my car. Oh, wow. When I got to my car, you couldn't go anywhere because everyone had, no one had, they're, they're just starting to leave. So it was one to savor. And keep in mind, people, this ain't Miami. It's like 25 degrees up there. It was snowing. Yeah. You should get a travel advisory at that point. And they didn't care about any of it. They stayed the entire game. The pom-poms are going the entire game. You just don't get that. And this is why I love college college sports. Yeah, pro sports has it sometimes, in my opinion. But college sports has it more often. And uh, that's what the atmosphere is like. Those guys are 
We're a little hungry for a victory is what it felt like. Uh, Ten years and counting. So there you go. Well, John, and we love it. Like Defoe said, we love not only talking to you about Michigan athletics, but college football in general. Michigan now finds itself sitting probably in that second spot. Well-deserved. What are your thoughts on the college football playoff as it stands? Because it looks a lot different than people thought it would look at the beginning of the season. Uh, yeah, no question about that. It usually does. Although, I, you're right, actually, Luby, that, uh, I mean, the complaint has been, who is it? It's, you know, Alabama and Georgia and Clemson and Ohio State, and that's about it, yep. uh, which has been more or less a story. So uh, this time around, uh, it will not be that. We know Ohio State's out. Uh, Alabama could still get in, of course. Right now they are, um, they are what? Uh, three. Sitting three or three. four on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michigan, Michigan at two, of course. Uh, the overtime against Auburn, that's a five Auburn team, I'm sure, didn't help it. So what? Who else is out there also? With Ohio State out, um, that makes that one easier. Cincinnati, you know, doggone well. They are dying to not put Cincinnati in there. <laughs> They're dying to do that. Um, so, and watch out for Notre Dame lurking. I don't think they're deserving, frankly, but that has never mattered. Uh, they're so happy to get Notre Dame in. You get eyeballs. You get ratings. And they're 11-1. Yeah, and, think- and they're not going to play. They don't play an ACC title game, which I would have loved to have seen. Yep. Um, so, I mean, and they played one big game against Cincinnati at home and lost it. Nonetheless, you watch. Uh, they're they're going to be right there. Michigan's job, of course, is to not blow the Iowa game. So, no premature celebrating in Ann Arbor. People forget, in 1980, the Miracle on Ice. And Luby, this is before you were born, I'm sure. It was. But, uh, but yes, do you believe in miracles? They beat the Soviets on Friday night. People forget. They had a game a day and a half later, Sunday morning, against the Finns, Finland. If they lose that game, they could have gotten nothing. Not a silver, not a bronze, but nothing. And that's a game you got to get motivated for. So, as Herb Brooks told his team that day, if you SOBs lose this game, you will take it to your blanking graves. And then he walks towards the door and he pivots and then he says, To your blanking graves And <laughs> That's a that's a pep talk, boys. That's a pep talk right there. That's not that is not X's and O's, that's not strategy, none of those things. And I talked to the guys on the team and of course they're now in their sixties, but uh, they're you know, college kids at the time, nineteen or twenty. And they said, you know, we thought Herb was crazy by then, but we thought that guy's probably right. <laughs> so uh, they went out there and beat the Finns 4-2. That's Michigan's job now. Uh, anything after, after that, frankly, from Michigan's point of view, is gravy. First Big Ten title in 17 years. <laughs> first uh, Big Ten title game in the history of it, which is now seven or eight years old. Uh, first entrance into the college football playoff. But Iowa's a team that can beat you, like a lot of teams. Um, so that's Michigan's job now. But if I had a bet right now, if I had a bet right now, uh, my course right now, SEC is dying for Georgia, of course, to beat Alabama. Uh, dying for Michigan to beat uh, Iowa. Those two uh, will probably get in. Um, I bet Alabama, well, not with two losses. Um, Cincinnati might get that spot to end the complaints there. And, again, like I said, watch out for Notre Dame. I think Oklahoma State is more deserving. I think they should get it. Uh, but watch out. Well, the uh, Pope is on the committee that decides this sort of <laughs> exactly. stuff, and he's into sabermetrics, uh, and he somehow has Notre Dame way ahead of uh, everybody. And I think Pete Rose has a better chance of getting into the Baseball Hall of Fame than Cincinnati does of getting into the college football playoff. Uh, John, you, how's the book going? The last I, I, I one uh, we talked bad. about was exactly about that hockey on. team, that high school hockey team, worst team uh, yes. in the world. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and uh, where people can find it. Sure. Uh, Ann Arbor, Huron High School, my alma mater, home of the River Rats. I'm not making that up. 
Uh, worst team in America, they were 0, 22, and 3, and of course, 0 is where the wins go. Uh, ranked dead last <laughs> out of 1,000 teams nationwide. Is coached by yours truly, the worst player in school history, not false modesty, Depot and Luby. Uh, I, was, uh, I still hold the record, 86 games in a Huron uniform, three straight seasons, zero goals, can't beat the zero. Sorry, boys. And I played right wing, by the way, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> wow. so, uh, Not exactly Yvonne yeah. Coinway so, out there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good friend of mine. He scored a couple more than I did, yes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a coach with zero goals, a team with zero wins, this should work. Uh, but it did work, and it worked because I took the advice of my mentor at Culver Academies, who said, uh, great advice. He said, the best way to make it special, the easiest way to make it special is to make it hard which is paradoxical, which is the opposite advice of everyone else. You know, millennials are lazy and selfish, and no, none of that's true. So we're on the track and the weight room. A week after school got out, we did it for four months. Everybody threw up on that track, including yours truly. Uh, not one player quit. I didn't cut one player. Three years later, we're the best team in school history oh, wow. and in the top 5% in the nation. So we passed 95% of the country in three years, and they did it all. So... That's the story of how to lead this generation, and it's number one in the state of Michigan. I'm working on Florida, damn it. I'm working on Florida. So uh, help me out there. But uh, we're doing very well with it. Malcolm Gladwell, NPR, have all weighed in very positively. Holy toe blink, man. That's just some <laughs> phenomenal turnaround. Holy toe uh, blink. Great. Well, people, explain that one to your listeners after I get off the air. Good luck with that one. Great name for a hockey Bravo. coach, toe blink. Yeah, no, he was brilliant uh, in his time, uh, one of the all-time greats. Uh, John, you always a pleasure. You, you did. You stole game day. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Elite Corso. Uh, they have to prop him up a little bit. It's almost a little weekend at Bernie's, but we love the guy for his uh, personality. And the rest of the analysis uh, you can have, including Herb Street, who buried your Wolverines uh, before the game even started and then didn't even stick around to see the carnage. Exactly. So, um, you know, that, 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 was, that was uh, especially pleasing, you know, to see this guy, uh, you know, end up being dead wrong. Uh, thanks so much for being with us here uh, on After Hours with Defoe and Luby here on Believe Podcast Network. My pleasure. My guess. I'll talk to you in a week. We'll see. <laughs> All right. There you All go. right. Sounds good. Yeah. Good luck. That would be uh, a little bit of ironic, uh, you know, fate, would it not? If Iowa comes back. That happens, right? Where the team wins the big game. and then lot. Goes stale and somehow gets stunned. Alabama nearly stunned by Auburn. Yep. That was a wild one. I mean, just absolutely insane. Well, that was the look-ahead, uh, the famous look-ahead game that they always talk about. Maybe so. I mean, it's uh, one of those – I mean, the thing about rivalry uh, weekend is, is that you have these kind of games where a team like Auburn uh, that came into that ball game, uh, what, at 6-5? and five, Yep. Uh, is in there going toe-to-toe and has them by the jugular. The Absolutely insane. Uh, the clock management. Well, I, I don't know. Can you blame uh, the coaches yes. for a kid going? Uh, and now he, he didn't really just run out of bounds. No, no. But, uh, he, but he got thrown out of bounds. But he, he shouldn't have been anywhere near the sideline. I mean, at that point, you, you just take a knee. Running clock is uh, more important than, than anything at that point. And they had gotten the yards to make it a, a third and short. So just stay in bounds. Like, this isn't peewee. I, I, don't, I don't slam kids by name. When they're in college, yeah. I don't do that. But I also don't feel bad saying that was a stupid play. I mean, like, you go you At go any down, level of football, you, it, you know to stay in bounds there. Yeah, you go down. You're going to cost uh, Alabama its last time out. Now they're going to be in a very uh, tenuous situation to begin with. Yep. And you're going to be able to roll the clock down to about 45 seconds before they get the ball at their own three-yard line. Yep. Now, you, you don't know if they would have gotten the ball at the three because, uh, you know, it, you, you can't define any series of events or consequences sure. But when something changes. But uh, you would have to assume that 
It was going to be very unfavorable field position, and then Alabama, with no timeouts left and 40 seconds to work with, uh, hadn't moved the ball all game. But, of course, then at that point, it's as if Moses had spoken to the Auburn defensive coaching staff, let's part like the Red Sea. That was the weirdest so, thing. It's so funny. They could do nothing all game, and everyone watching, once Auburn totally d- screwed around with the clock management, once Alabama got the ball, you're like, watch this. They went right down the field. It was like, are you kidding me? Zippity doodah with a lot. Of, no, they had like third and fourth down conversions there, but uh, on each of those plays, uh, they were able to find a wide open receiver who then subsequently was able to just absolutely like uh, tap dance out of bounds. So there was no uh, compromise with the clock either. I mean, at least if you're going to give up yardage, give it up on the inside and exactly. and uh, ho- hope that the uh, they had no way to stop the clock except to run up there and continue to uh, spike the football, which is not that easy. I mean, even that takes like seven, eight seconds yes. off the clock. So uh, a disastrous series of events and then a ridiculous approach. I mean, you have a team that's been shut out for 58 and a half minutes. <laughs> And you're going to go prevent and, and uh, leave things wide open for him. Uh, just, just an absolutely abhorrent condition. Uh, then, uh, you know, to, to Auburn's credit, I mean, you talk about uh, the, these players having a little bit of fight in them. They give up a touchdown on the opening possession of overtime. Usually that's it. You're dead meat. And uh, sure enough, they come back. I, I walked out of the house for a while. I came back. I was like, wait a minute. How could this game be uh, tied at like 20 yeah, in the fourth going. overtime? Yeah, it kept going. It's kind of a cheesy way. It's almost like the uh, penalty shots in soccer, uh, the two-point conversions in uh, college football. Uh, uh, you don't want the game to go on forever, especially if you had the under. Exactly. <laughs> Which uh, you would have thought more points would have been scored in that game. Who, who shuts out Alabama on three points for 58 and a half minutes and loses? That's Auburn. ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Auburn. Yeah. And that would have been great because that would have knocked Alabama OOP, yeah. as they say in dog racing here in South Florida. OOP, out of picture. My favorite done. designation next to a, a dog's last race. Uh, when they used to have greyhound racing here, it's uh, now obsolete. Uh, as uh, you know, I mean, maybe it should have been a long time ago. That's possible. I personally enjoyed it, but I'm a dog lover also. I can see both sides of the argument there, Libby. What do you think? I don't want to piss off the PETA people here <laughs> on Believe Podcast Network. <laughs> He's an advocate of torturing dogs. No, what, what am I, Michael no, Vick all of a sudden? No, no. I used to like going to dog races. No, you're a big it was dog a Miami dog. thing. It's in the opening of Miami Vice. Ding, 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 ding. Right? Jan Hammer there on the keyboards. All right. Um, how, how was your Thanksgiving, by the way, uh, Louie? And it's great to be back with you people here on After Hours. Uh, I, I know, uh, as you uh, spoke of earlier on our Ion Channel show, which you can catch on ionchannel.com with audio and video streaming, and that's a full-blown two-hour edition about what we do every day, and uh, you can also catch it just by uh, punching up uh, and Googling uh, The Defoe Show. Yes. So uh, if you guys uh, want to hear more of what we're doing, uh, I'll, I'll hope that uh, you'll find us there on uh, Ion Channel and various other platforms that we're on by Googling The Defoe Show. Uh, so your Thanksgiving was good there, uh, Lumi? Looks like you're about to check out here. was amazing. Uh, my mother goes crazy with like 10 different appetizers and then does all the fixings. For dinner, and uh, Shirley's there. My sister with her kids and her husband are there. My family's there. Uh, and then after we went to my wife Shirley's parents' house and had some drinks and some food with them. And then Friday we uh, got to tree because we're a dual religion household. She's Catholic. I'm oh, Jewish. Nice. Yeah. So we got the tree, and my sister, brother-in-law, my parents, and their kids come over. My brother come over. We decorate the tree. It's become tradition the last few years. And then Saturday, we had a Friendsgiving. So it was a really fun weekend. FSU lost to UF, so that was annoying. But 
Our Dolphins have won four in a row. So down here in South Florida, it's been interesting. How was the DeForest Thanksgiving? Oh, fantastic. Uh, the grandkids, yeah, the kids are, always are, are a great joy to be around. Yeah, they're, they're fantastic. Uh, Legos keep them occupied. <laughs> and uh, it's amazing, too. I mean, they really know they follow the rules. I, I couldn't have done this, right? Okay, yeah, now you can open up bag number three. I mean, I would have turned <laughs> open all of the bags at the very beginning, dumped all the shit on the floor, and uh, that would have been that. I don't know how, uh, you know what, as parents, uh, that, that was uh, Transformers were the thing when my yes. son yep. was growing up. Yep. And uh, you, you would step on one, and that was oh my it. God. And, <laughs> That's the word. You were like Clay Thompson. It's like, how the hell did I fuck up my Achilles? Incredible. <laughs> there was a transformer. Looking you right in the eye, you just paid seventy five dollars for. It. You're like, what? Yeah, Toys R Us. Uh, they go out of business. Lawsuits alone yes. would have been enough to uh, put them uh, <laughs> on ice for a long, long time. All right. Uh, speaking of being on ice, uh, great being with you. Thanks to John U. Bacon Thanks, John. for joining us here. I hope everybody had a great holiday. We're going to be with you all week long and a lot of interesting things happening. Man, there was so much on the sporting uh, plate uh, that we didn't have a chance to get to today as uh, we zeroed in with John U. Bacon on that Michigan game, which was fantastic uh, to see Michigan finally get off the schneid and the obituaries dead wrong, literally. Yep. No pun intended, although uh, implied. Uh, about uh, Jim Harbaugh and his tenure there. And, uh, of course, you, you would have to think he goes out and loses to Iowa. Oh, of course. <laughs> Upcoming this week. Doesn't win squat. After all that. Yeah, exactly. No Big Ten championship. No, uh, you know, college Playoffs. football playoff. No satisfaction whatsoever <laughs> for beating Ohio State. Instead of saying he finally beat Ohio State, they just go, look at him. He's one and five against Ohio State. <laughs> exactly. It's a cold world out there, my friends. Exactly. Coaching Carousel, that's something we can get into tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow on the program. Thanks for joining us for After Hours here on the Believe Podcast Network. For Michael Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest, and we will see you next time here on Believe. Destination Sport Miami is here to revolutionize the sports landscape in South Florida. The largest indoor multifaceted sports complex in North America is on the way with distinguished leaders of its various sports programs and unparalleled access to the finest indoor training fields and facilities. Destination Sport Miami will set South Florida apart as the destination of choice for elite athletic training and development and for its dedication to youth programs and sports on all levels. A phenomenal concept and a powerful undertaking, Destination Sport Miami will also be an important commodity in the sports business community as well. Destination Sport Miami, it's time has come. Recently we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to ten times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954-809-8752. Why go up against insurance companies alone when you can have Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa on your side? For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.